Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you were with us last Sunday morning, I, I started a, a message on call, called it Making the Most of Your Meltdowns, which is the title of uh, my book that will be coming out here in a couple of weeks. And uh, anyway, we didn't get through with all the things that I had in my heart about that. So we're going to pick up tonight. If you weren't here, you can go and pick up the CD because you'll want that to get kind of caught up with where we are to, going to begin tonight. Tonight, we're going to center in more on the restoration part, that God is the restorer. Amen. Last week, we established some truths that God is the restorer. He's not the destroyer. Aren't you glad about that? God's not the one that's out killing your, your dog and, you know, destroying houses by fires. That's not God. God is not the destroyer. He's the blesser and he is the restorer. Hallelujah. And when we find ourselves in a situation where we've made a mess of things, anybody else ever made a mess? Anybody else ever met, messed up? Done something wrong, just did something stupid, like I told you about last week, and the Lord gave me that phrase. Don't worry about it. God's a master at fixing any disaster. When we turn it over to Him and say, Oh God, look what I've done. I've created this horrible mess for myself. Can you help me, Lord? Aren't you glad that He looks down from heaven and He says, Oh yes. I am the master at fixing any disaster. And like that anointed word that we heard this morning, wasn't that wonderful? Oh, I love that. When the anointed word that with God, nothing is impossible. Thank you, Father, that nothing's too big for you. And you are the God of no impossibilities. Praise God. Then he also gave us this phrase that he said this, I will restore and make better than before. So if we have lost something, whether it's through our own stupidity or just being human, whether it's from the devil coming to steal, kill and destroy, because we know that he does do that. He's not good, but he's good at being a bad devil. And so he does come to steal, kill and destroy. So maybe we've lost something just through an all out attack. Of the devil. But God says, I will restore and make better than before. The Bible says, when the thief be found out, he must return sevenfold. Hallelujah. So if you've had something stolen from you, something ripped off from you, just prepare for the much, much better than before. Because that's what our God does. Amen. The word restore means this. To put back into existence or use. And that just spoke to me because there are folks that have been sidelined in the game of life because the enemy has attacked them. Maybe they made a terrible mistake. Maybe they fell into (laughs) sin. And so these lies come and they say, it's over for you. You'll never be able to be used again. You're just going to have to just wait it out here on this earth and have a sad, sorry, sick life. But you'll still go to heaven. No, that's not what our God does. He will take a broken life and put it back together again. 
He will take a broken person and put them back into a place of ministry. Put them back into a place of using them for his glory and for his honor. We talked about one of the first steps to receiving restoration is forgetting the past. You have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive others and we have to stop allowing the devil to hold us bound because of something in our past. Amen. Amen. Then we also said a second step to restoration is we must declare restore. And I want to read this scripture to you just by way of review, just for a few moments here. We'll look at this Isaiah chapter 42, verse 22 in the King James version. It is important what we say. The Bible tells us you can have what you say. If you want restoration, you need to speak restoration. Isaiah 42, 22 in the King James. But this is a people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes and they are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey and none delivereth for a spoil and none saith restore. God was not happy that his people were being ripped off. The enemy was coming and when the enemy would come, they wouldn't stand up. They'd let him just take their stuff. And they were hiding in holes and they were acting like they were the defeated. When the Bible says we're the overcomers, hallelujah. We're not the victims. We are the victors, but we have to declare it. So he was saying to his people, rise up and be who you were created to be and rise up and declare restore. Anytime the enemy has come in, we need to speak restoration. That's how we were born again. Isn't Christianity known as the great confession? We receive Jesus into our lives because we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and all of the promises in God's word. That's how they come to manifestation in our lives. We believe it in here in our heart, but then we declare the word of God. We declare by his stripes I am healed we declare he meets all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus we declare I've got the peace of God it rules and it reigns in my life amen Christianity is about declaring what the Bible says and restoration is a part of our rights and our privileges in the Lord Jesus Christ and we need to be Declaring restoration. Hallelujah. Now tonight we're going to look at some more elements to walking and receiving restoration. And we're going to begin by turning over to Joel chapter 2. We're going to spend a lot of time in these verses tonight because there's three more important things in this chapter that we need on the road to restoration. I'll give you a minute to find it. It's one of those little guys. Right before Amos, that probably doesn't help much. I put my little marker in my Bible, so I'm there. Woohoo. <laughs> but Joel chapter 2, and we are going to look at verse 21. We're going to be reading this out of the King James Version. We're kind of going to go uh, verse by verse here, starting with verse 21 of Joel chapter 2. Fear not, 
O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Everybody say great things. God's got great things in store for us. Part of that is restoration. And then we'll see that here in a minute. But here in this verse, we see three things that we have to do to receive that restoration. Number one, what is it? Fear not. We can't be afraid. Number two, be glad. And number three, rejoice. So we're going to talk for a moment about Fear not. We cannot fear that things will never change. That's huge. We can't be afraid that things will stay the same day after day after day. Or this is really some challenge in people's lives. Or fear that things will get worse. Oh, I just know I'm going to lose my job. I just know that the kids are going to rebel. I just know that this terrible thing is going to happen. Oh, I just have this sense. I just have this feeling that I'm going to get a terminal disease. Fear, fear, fear. That is of the devil. Listen to this statement. Fear contaminates our faith. It messes up your faith. They don't mix like oil and water. Pastor said today, fear and faith do not mix. And if fear is the dominant thing in our life, it steals our faith. It erodes our faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And without faith, we will not walk in what he has provided for us. For the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight if we're constantly just moved by everything that we see and everything that we hear in the world and on the TV and on the radio we are going to be afraid but thank God we don't walk by those things we're not moved we're not under the world's system we cannot allow that fear to creep in to our lives You know what it says over in Job chapter 3, verse 25. It's a lot of people. I mean, they just love to say, well, I'm just like poor old Job. I'm poorer than Job's turkey. What in the world does that mean? Job had a poor turkey? I don't know. But anyhow, all these horrible things happened to Job. And I'm just like Job. Why did these horrible things happen to Job? Because he opened the door. This verse tells us, Job 3, 25, for the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me. And that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Fear is a welcome mat for the enemy. Fear is a door that just opens wide and says, come on in and take what I have. You know, if you, in your house, if you leave the door open, anything can just come in. 
couple of weeks ago, pastor was in Minnesota visiting his mother. And, you know, I, I have no fear. I'm just not afraid in the name of Jesus of anything. And it was hot in the house. And so I opened the back door and I left it open. It was dark. We don't have a screen on there. And so I'm getting ready to go downstairs, uh, to go to bed. So I go downstairs. I'm going to lock the door. But, oh, I see I need to take the garbage out. It's just around the house. So I'm going to take the garbage out. I turn on the light to go take the garbage out. And there is a gigantic skunk (laughs) sitting in our backyard, fairly close to the door. And I slam that door shut. No, you don't. You're not getting in my house. Because some of you might recall last year around this same time, we had an unwelcome visitor that came in our house. I won't go into the details of that story, but a banty rooster from our neighborhood. We left the door open. I went downstairs and there was a chicken in my family room. I had to chase that thing around and around to try to get it out of the house. Then we go over to our neighbor's house a couple of days later because this chicken was just pestering everybody in the neighborhood. And we're talking to her, these sweet little Indian people. She had her door open. While we're talking to her, the banny rooster ran in her house. Her husband's handicapped. They're an elderly couple. We felt obligated. So pastor, he's, you know what he did? Oh, let her handle it. She grew up on a farm. stupid banny rooster all around their house and we got it to the kitchen there was a a, like a a chandelier above her kitchen table i finally got a broom trying to shoo this thing out we're having a communication barrier here i said to her broom 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 sweet sweet she gives me a broom i'm trying to hit this thing it jumped up on the light above their kitchen table i kid you not she didn't speak a lot of english and this little lady was saying Oh, dear. Oh, dear. And her poor little handicapped husband was sitting on the couch like, What's this chicken done in my house? And who is this crazy woman with a broom? (laughs) Well, anyway. Yeah, the rest of the story. Pastor stood by the door, guarded the door. He held the door open. That was good. Well, I chased the chicken out, got in her little fireplace thing over in the corner. And like I said, towel, towel. So she gave me a towel, threw the towel on top of the chicken, grabbed it. Then the pastor's like, so now what do we do? I'm going, get the car, get the car. So he goes and starts the car. I'm holding this chicken. What am I going to do with this chicken? And he's like, where are we going? I said, take it to the mosque. They'll either eat it or worship it. <laughs> what we did. We're driving. We got almost down to the mosque. I had on white pants and I had this thing around the neck. I knew to hold it around the neck. And all of a sudden its neck starts stretching up and it's going. I said to pastor, pull over, pull over. He's about to go to poop. Pull over, pull over. Roll the window down. I know these things from the farm. I was very aware of what was about to happen. Anyway, just in time, he didn't poop on my pants. Hallelujah. 
The next day I was driving by there to see if I could see the chicken. Went in the parking lot. I didn't see the chicken, but the white towel was laying right there. By <laughs> Anyhow, I wasn't going to get into all that, but you know it's a good story nonetheless. <laughs> you never know what gets in your house if you leave the door open. As soon as I saw that skunk out there, I had visions of that chasing that chicken. I'm telling you, I closed the door quick because I didn't want to have another incident. A skunk in the house would not be good. But folks, spiritually, we leave the door open all the time. And all these critters, all these demons, all these horrible things of the devil, they just walk right in. We were upstairs, that chicken saw an open door and just thought, hey, this looks cozy. Just walked right into my house. The skunk probably would have done the same thing if I hadn't closed the door. We have to keep the door shut. Keep the door closed. And the biggest door that we have to keep closed is fear. Don't be afraid. Now look here down at verse 22. We're still over there in Joel chapter 2, right? Joel chapter 2, verse 22. Now listen to this. Be not afraid, ye beast of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, for the tree beareth her fruit, and the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. As I was reading this today, and don't, you know, this isn't like a a misinterpretation. It's just something that Lord spoke to me today. Don't be afraid of the beast. We can use that as an analogy. Don't be afraid of the beast. You know, the devil is a beast. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, that he is a like, it says, like a roaring lion that seeketh, going about, seeking whom he may devour. A roaring lion is a beast. But you know, the good news is Jesus pulled his teeth out. Hallelujah. Jesus took his power and his authority away from him. So that's why it says he's like a roaring lion. But that is a beast. And we don't have to be afraid of the roaring lions out there. We don't have to be afraid of anything that the devil says. Just remember, he is a defeated foe. His bite is, I mean, his roar is a lot worse than his bite because he doesn't have any teeth. What's he going to do? Gum you to death. Don't be afraid of the beast of the air. Hallelujah. Or any of the devil's declarations that he may bring. Jesus does not want us to fear. We need to declare what the word of God says. As a matter of fact, let's make some declarations right now. Say this. I will not fear. What man or the devil may do unto me. The Lord is my light. And my salvation. He is the strength of my life. And then I love what Psalms 91 says. It says that I will say of the Lord. Everybody say this. I will say of the Lord. You are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my deliverer. You deliver me. From all the pest. From all the foul. (laughs) And you restore. Anything that the devil has stolen. 
I am not afraid. For God is with me. Hallelujah. Let's just thank him. Glory be to God. I will not fear. Hallelujah. The Lord is with us. And then this verse back here to Joel chapter 2 verse 21. It said, fear not, be glad and rejoice. Now let's look at verse 23. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. So here is the, the fourth thing that we need to do if we want restoration. We need to be glad. Does the Bible say he hath made me sad? He hath made me sad. No, it says he hath made me glad. It says this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be what glad in it. Why can we be glad? Because he is sending the rain. This says here in verse 23. Oh, it says, be glad and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain moderately. Excuse me. And he will cause to come down for you the rain. Hallelujah. And water. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, dear. So we can be glad because he is sending us the rain. I don't know if any of you grew up in an area where they have crops that were planted, but I did. And it was not a good thing if we went through what they called in Oklahoma a dry spell. A dry spell is not a good thing in dusty Oklahoma because the ground gets dry. The dirt starts blowing around and it's just like you can see those little plants going, oh, water, water, I'm melting in this hundred degree weather. It's not good to go through a dry spell for any kind of a crop. But I can remember when it had been hot and dry. And then all of a sudden we'd see the clouds start gathering. And my dad, he always knew when it was going to rain. He says, oh, that is a rain cloud. I never knew what the difference were. A cloud looks like a cloud to me. But that one, he said, is a rain cloud. And we'd go set out on the porch. I love setting out on the porch with my dad. And he'd say, smell that. You could smell the rain starting to come. And then in a little bit, you could boom, hear the thunder and the lightning. And then it wouldn't be much longer. And here came the rain. Hallelujah. There's nothing like it when you've been going through a hot, dry spell to hear the sound of the rain, to smell the rain coming. Well, I declare to you tonight, some of you have been in a hot, dry spell spiritually, but I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Oh, be glad and rejoice for the rain is coming. Be glad and rejoice for the rain is showing up in your life. The dry spell is over. Hallelujah. Those seeds that 
that you have planted for years are about to get the rain of the Spirit upon them. And what does the rain do? The rain causes a harvest. Hallelujah. The rain causes the fruit to come up on what you have planted. Glory be to God. I hear the rain. Can you smell the rain? Hallelujah. The Bible says, ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. Folks, it's time to ask for the rain. It's time to expect the rain. Hallelujah. We've been through a dry time. I'm telling you, the church has been even in a season of standing, a season of pressing, but it's about to rain. Glory be to God. The glory of the Lord, the rain of the spirit is going to fall. Hallelujah. Like never before. Glory be to God. It's harvest time. Be glad and rejoice. Glory to God. The rain, the rain is on the way. Hallelujah. Oh, can't you hear it? Can't you smell it? Glory be to God. I can look out on the horizon and I see those storm clouds, but they're not storms of destruction. They're glory clouds. Hallelujah. And the glory clouds are filled with the rain of the spirit. Woo. Hallelujah. Fear not. Be glad. Ho, ho, ho. For it's about to rain. And when it rains, glory be to God, there's restoration. Woo! On those areas that have been stolen from. When it rains, glory be to God. Those seeds that you thought God had even forgotten about. When it rains, they begin to pop up out of the ground. Hallelujah. Woo! Those seeds that have lied dormant for years. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, you know the Dibasa. Even in the natural, there are seeds. There are flowers that can be scattered over the desert. Dropped there by birds and lie dormant for years and years. And if they get water on them, the first thing they do is pop up. Hallelujah. Woo! Oh, the rain. Hallelujah. It's time for the rain. And he said here, I'm going to send you the former rain. And I'm going to cause down for you the former rain and the latter rain together. That sounds like a storm in the realm of the spirit. That sounds like a flood. Hallelujah. It's about to rain to the degree that it's going to be flood stage. Overflowing with the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Woo. What does the rain produce? The rain produces harvest. The rain produces fruit. The rain produces what we've been believing for. And that just goes right on down here in verse 24. Oh, hallelujah. This is what happens when it rains. And the floors shall be full of wheat. And the vat shall overflow with wine and oil. When the rain shows up, the floors are full of wheat and the vats overflow. When we get glad in the Lord, he sends abundance. He sends overflow into our lives. Talk about restoration. 
The floor's full of wheat. The vat's overflowing. Don't you just like that word? Overflowing. Hallelujah. It reminds me of Ephesians 3.20 that says that our God does exceedingly, abundantly, all over and above. Hallelujah. That's connected to restoration. This whole passage is the theme is restoration. I will restore and I will make better than before and be glad because I will send the rain. And when the rain shows up in your life, there's going to be overflow. There's going to be abundance. There's not going to be any lack. There's not going to be any dry. Hallelujah. Season of overflow. And then he said here, back at verse 21, fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice. 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 And this stood out to me today. For the Lord will do great things. Will do great things. You know what that says? That says you have to not be in fear. You have to be glad and you have to rejoice before you see the great things. He said, don't be afraid. Be glad and rejoice. Then the Lord will do. That's future tense. I mean, we've got the promises of God. They are now, they are yes, and they are amen. But for us to see the great things, it's contingent upon what we're going to do. We're not going to be afraid, but we are going to be glad and we are going to rejoice and we are going to rejoice ahead of time. Restoration is connected to rejoicing. You know what? That's the reason that the Bible says over in James chapter one, verse two, the Bible says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. When you are going through a test and a trial, the last thing you want to do is to rejoice. And that's what the enemy comes to steal. Why is that? Because he knows the power in rejoicing. He knows what happens when we rejoice. He knows that the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. If you don't have strength, you're not going to get up and cry out for the rain. If you don't have strength, you're not going to be glad. So he said, rejoice when you fall into these diverse temptations. And when we rejoice, not only does God bring us through, but he brings restoration. He brings back whatever that trial was trying to take away from us. If it was your health, when you begin to rejoice, the Bible says he restores health unto me. Hallelujah. I will rejoice and he will restore my health. Glory be to God. Joy is our strength. Joy releases the power to get up and to get out of that test and that trial. To get up and to come into the land of restoration. Do you remember when the children of Israel were leaving Egypt? Turn with me over to Psalms 105. We want to look at a couple of these passages. 
I believe this will drive the point home of how rejoicing is connected to restoration. We have to rejoice if we're going to receive restoration. Now here in Psalms 105 verse 37. This is as the children of Israel were leaving Egypt on their way to the promised land. It says he brought them forth also with silver and with gold. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Egypt was glad when they departed for the fear of them fell upon them. And then it goes on down and it talks about in verse 40 that he gave them quail. Verse 41, how he opened the rock and the water gushed out. And in verse 43, he brought forth his people. With what? With joy and his chosen with gladness. What is that saying to us today? That is saying that these people had been in the land of bondage as slaves for years, but they left with abundance. He brought forth his people with silver and with gold. If that isn't restoration, I don't know what is. They had been slaves. They had been mistreated for hundreds of years, but when they got ready to go into their promised land, that joy came upon them. And that joy got in their hands and that joy got in their feet and that joy strengthened them to the degree that there was not one feeble among their tribes. They got so happy. They got so glad that they were leaving the land of bondage and coming into their promised land that as they began to rejoice in the Lord, hallelujah, the power of God got in them and their bodies were healed. They'd been slaves. They weren't treated right. They weren't fed properly. You know they were feeble. You know there were elderly there. But the Bible says there was not one feeble among their tribes. That joy got on them to the degree that they got up and they got out and they stepped on in to the promised land. And you know what else stands out to me? God brought restoration. He paid them back wages. God knows if you're getting ripped off at the job. God knows if you're not getting your just wage. You hold fast. God has a way of settling up. God has a way of getting blessings to you that man may have overlooked, but God knows and God sees and God will honor your heart and God will honor your diligence. These people had served the Egyptians. They had been slaves, but when it came time to go, the Bible says, the Lord told them, you go over there to that house. You tell them, give me those jewels. Give me your gold. Ooh, you know that ruby ring you used to wear? I love that ruby ring. I think I need to borrow that. And they were glad to give it to them. They wanted to get rid of them. So they were like, okay, you like the ruby ring? Well, here's the earrings to go with it. Take them. Take them and get out of here. We don't want any more plagues. Exodus 3.21 And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go out empty. Woo! Good verse. Woo! <laughs> Woo! That's a good verse. Hallelujah. I wasn't going to read those scriptures, but I felt pulled over 
over there to Psalms 105. And that is an excellent verse. We are not going to go out empty. They didn't leave Egypt empty. You know what that is, folks? Restoration. It's restoration. God restored to them. God gave them abundance to the degree that they were funded and they were taken care of. Where do you think they got that gold to build the temple? Where do you think they got all those jewels to throw down in there and to make that golden calf, which wasn't a good thing, but they had these things. Why? Because God restored and God blessed them and God gave to them and God will restore to you anything that the enemy has ripped off. Now let's keep reading down here back over to Joel chapter two, verse 25. Oh, I love it. Don't you love the word? Can you handle a little bit more? And I will restore to you. The years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you and you shall eat in plenty. Everybody say plenty. That sounds like abundance. That sounds like overflow. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord, your God that hath dwelt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. That's a good thing for the world to know today. That we belong to him and he is the Lord God and there is no other God. Our God is the true and the living God. Our God is the most high God. And look at this. And my people shall never be ashamed. You know, sometimes when we have suffered lost, sometimes maybe we've lost a house or we've lost a job or we've gone through a divorce and it, that we're just kind of embarrassed about it. And we're kind of ashamed about it. Sometimes shame is associated with loss, but God said, my people shall never be ashamed. I will restore. And don't you be ashamed of what you've been through. Just know it's under the blood. Don't let people put shame on you. Don't let the world heap shame on you. You are not ashamed. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have been made heirs with him. You are joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. You are bought with the blood. Hallelujah. And there is no shame. And we as God's people should not be ashamed to lift up his name and to say what he said. The Lord, my God, he is God. Hallelujah. The Lord, my God, he is the one that brings restoration into my life. The Lord, my God, he is the one that has made me glad. The Lord, my God, he is the one that brought me out of that mess hallelujah and gave me a mess a message he's the one that brought me through that test and gave me a testimony and I am not ashamed to declare God is God I am not ashamed to declare the Lord my God has been good to me I'm not ashamed to declare the hand of the Lord 
declare it's God's favor that has brought restoration into my life. It is God's favor that has given me this promotion. It is God that has given me the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God so I know how to do this job and to do it excellently. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And he's the one that brings restoration. One last scripture on not being ashamed. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 7 in the Amplified. Oh God, you are good. Hallelujah. Our God is the restorer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for restoration. Instead of your former shame, you shall have a twofold recompense. Instead of dishonor and reproach, your people shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess Double. Actually, it's Isaiah 61, 7. They shall possess double what they had forfeited. And everlasting joy shall be theirs. Double what you have lost. Somebody coined the phrase years ago, but it's not just a cute phrase. Double for your trouble. Double for your trouble. Where the enemy tried to bring shame. Where the enemy tried to bring destruction. It's time for the people of God. It says in their land they shall possess double. I got a question for you though. Are you in your land? Are you in your place? You got to be in your place. Called there. And then the ravens will provide for you. You got to be in that place that God says I want you to hook up with that body. And serve me there with joy and gladness. Don't be wandering all over the place. Find your land. Find your place and your position. And when you get in your place and in your position, you have a right to say, I'm going to receive double, double for my trouble that the enemies tried to rip me off. Hallelujah. And when you start walking in that double, oh, don't you like it? Everlasting joy shall be theirs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Let's all just stand and begin to rejoice. Just Oh, hallelujah. It is time to be glad and it is time to rejoice. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. We rejoice in you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We rejoice in the Lord, our God. Oh, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Glory be to God. Now, before we uh, just begin to rejoice in the Lord, if we could have some musicians come up, that'd be great. But everybody just bow your heads for a moment. Never want to assume. If you are here tonight and you've never asked Jesus into your heart. Oh, you have not left the land of bondage. 
The children of Israel were in the land of bondage for many, many years. But God brought them out to their promised land. He's got a land for you. He's got a promise for you. He wants to take you out of the kingdom of darkness and put you over into the kingdom of light. He wants you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you're here tonight and you're not sure whether you're a Christian, you don't know if you're born again or not, would you just wave your hand at me? You're just not sure if you're on your way to heaven. If Jesus were to come tonight, you just don't have that confidence.